This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. In the fashion industry, few things are more impactful than when the global fashion community comes together to exchange ideas and opinions on the most important topics facing fashion today. And that's exactly what happened on June 14th when Alvanon and Corsite presented the Trailblazers Conference in an annual gathering that does exactly this. The title, Inclusive Design and the Modern Consumer. Mouth Media Network, which produces Fashion Is Your Business, had an opportunity to partner in the event and we bring you some of the most important conversations that happened there. In this episode of Fashion Is Your Business, an incredible expert panel on the business of inclusive design, market challenges, and what it means for your business. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, powered by Sennheiser and recorded on location. Okay, our next panel really is going to talk about design and and give you real business life examples of businesses that have started really around this whole topic. Um, so I think it, it's a it's actually a really it's a great way to finish up the day. Um, Maura Horton, to my immediate left, is the founder and CEO of Magna Ready. Uh, Magna Ready was really the first innovator um, with actually patented technologies for the adaptive clothing market, particularly in menswear, but now is expanding it across the board. Um, She has a website that's up. She's worked with many other brands and retailers in terms of their development, but Magna Ready really has become, I think, the and I think you'll see in in a video that Shelly's going to show, is is really kind of the leader in that position. And and she has a fantastic story in terms of how she is here today. Um, Alex... Connell is a creative energy officer, which is a great title, I think. She is the CEO, the creative energy officer of pattyandricky.com. And for those of you that don't know, that's the, I guess, maybe the first online department store, whether it's online or not, the first department store to specialize strictly in adaptive types of products for men, women, and kids. And you got to go take a look. It's everything from special earrings with people that are wearing hearing aids to to, uh, eyewear for those that might be uh, visually impaired. It's really a fantastic site. I think you need to take a look at it. And then Shelly, our own Shelly Fogel, is Executive Vice President of Menswear at LF Americas and has been partnering with Mara on building Magna Ready and Magna Click. But really taking a leadership position, I would say maybe Zappos and Target today are the two retailers that are visually taking a leadership position either on their website or in their stores in this area. Um, And it's really important. So... Mara, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Just tell us your story and tell us what Magna Ready, how Magna Ready was born and, and how you've kind of evolved it. Sure. So I came into this um, adaptive arena um, quite by chance, to be honest with you. My husband was a career college football coach, and at the age of 48, he was diagnosed, unfortunately, with Parkinson's disease. One of the side effects of Parkinson's is limited mobility and dexterity. He was stuck after a game, they lost, because all coaches' wives remember this, uh, trying to get ready to catch the team back, a plane back, and he was unable to button his shirt. He was panicking, he was stuck in a locker room. A player who was kind enough, a player by the name of Russell Wilson stopped, helped him button his shirt in silence. 
And my husband came home and he said, Mara had a bad day. And I, like all coaches' wives, said, I can't believe you lost. What was wrong with your line? And he said, no, I had a bad day. And I, he told me the story. And it really wasn't the story that he told me. Um, it was the humility in his voice that at a, for, as a 48-year-old man, he was now not able to do something that he had always taken for granted his entire life. And so that was in 2009, and I started thinking and seeing what was out there on the marketplace and quickly Googled easy shirts and don't do that because you don't know what you'll get. <laughs> um, and I finally found some iteration of um, a dress shirt that he would need again because he was going to be traveling the next week. And I ordered it, handed it to him. I had to overnight it because there was not a store to go to. I handed it to him and he was like, are you serious? And I said, yeah, this is where we're at. So long story short, that product didn't work for him. And I started doing um, copious research to see what was available and how we were going to now try to continue to live in um, this new world. Because my husband didn't want to stand apart from anyone else, and he wanted to be able to do things independently. So I decided magnets were a great fit. And so in 2009, I, I applied for patents and um, did a lot of design innovation to say, well, A, will it work? And B, once it works, how do you make magnets washable? Because um, generally they corrode. So uh, lo and behold, we launched in 2014. I launched with one shirt and two colors. <laughs> but we sold out 2,000 units in um, less than two months. And so I knew we were on to something. And so we just continued to develop from there. So that's kind of how MagnaReady came to be. Uh, it's, really, it's really a great story. I think, I think a lot of, not just emotion to it, but you turned it into real solutions or are certainly continuing to turn it into real <laughs> solutions. Shelly, LF Americas obviously has been a partner now with Mara and you really were the driver of getting the company involved in, in the category. Um, talk a little bit about why you thought that this was important to someone like Lian Fung. Yeah, well, Maura and I uh, started working together about a year and a half ago and just started looking at the opportunities, the different markets. And yes, there's, it, I, I basically put it into two different markets. There's the adaptive market, which obviously is very important, but then there's everyone else, you know, and we call it stress-free. Stress-free dressing, stress-free apparel, uh, ease of dressing. So when you look at the audience, and, and that's what we looked at when we first started, and there's a little glare here, but I'll try to read it. But, you know, when, when you look at the adaptive side, a third of all Americans uh, have some form of disability, 117 million people. You know, when you look globally, 1.2 billion people are affected with some form of disability, whether dexterity, uh, you know, amputee, what have you. Uh, also, in the U.S. now, there's close to uh, 3 million wounded warriors. So, you know, we're working with the Navy and, and Army Air Force. Uh, you know, all, you know, all the military operations. When you go into the, the other market, which I call everyone else, uh, which is stress-free, you know, when you look at the aging, of, you know, the aging population, 46 million Americans are over the age of 65. That number is growing by 10,000 people a day. So, you know, it's baby boomers and, and what have you getting older. When you look at 25% of the workforce will be over 55 years old by 2020. 
And then the biggest category, you know, when you look at kids, the, um, the you know, kids don't tie their shoes anymore. It's all Velcro. They don't, uh, they don't roll down windows or, you know, I'm aging myself, but uh, they don't dial phones. Uh, they don't even teach kids script anymore in school. It's all print. So when you look at the total apparel market, the total apparel market is three is three trillion dollars. Uh, if I have my zeros right, that's and and adaptive is projected to be one percent of that. That's a thirty billion dollar industry. When you look at kids, just kids wear, kids wear is getting close is projected to be close to three hundred billion uh, a three hundred billion dollar business. So. So obviously there's opportunity, and, and like Zappos and, and like Rick said, Target, these are two retailers, and, and everyone else is getting into it. You know, we've sold, like I said, from, from Nordstrom all the way down to Costco, they will be carrying adaptive apparel uh, going into this fall. So, and, and I kind of equate this market to what plus size was, and we talk a lot about plus size, but if you looked at plus size six, seven, eight years ago, if you were a plus size woman, you had one option, Lane Bryant. If you were pregnant, you went to your local maternity store. Now, every retailer in America has a plus size shop or department. They have a maternity department. I, I truly believe within the next two years, they'll be, might not be called adaptive, it might just be called stress-free or ease of dressing, but this, like I said, this market is endless. Okay, great, thanks. Alex, Chief Energy Officer, okay? You, you actually have started probably one of the most unique department stores online that I certainly have seen. Talk about how you got there and, and kind of what it all means and, and how you're doing with it. Yes, um, I am honored to have 40 designers join me in the Patty and Ricky Marketplace. Three of them are in the room. I hope to have four by the end of the day. <laughs> um, but I have Maura as one of my designers that I sell her clothing. Uh, we have Slick Chicks um, CEO here and um, Care Zip CEO here. I, I carry all th uh, three of their lines, and I'm so honored to have 40 designers at pattyandricky.com and growing. Um, we are an inclusive shopping experience. We sell stylish and functional clothing for women, men, and kids with disabilities. And um, we launched a, a, a year ago. And we really wanted to marry function and fashion. And um, it was each, very important to us that each and every product that Patty and Ricky curates is um, seen, or we, we, we like to have two people in mind when we curate each product, Patty and Ricky. Patty, my mom, Ricky, my cousin. And um, my mom was an incredibly fashionable woman. She would have been in an event just like this, so it's kind of emotional for me. But um, she was cool. She, was, um, she worked for Swatch Watch in the 80s. She was the president of Kenneth Cole Belt's uh, division um, and then went on to starting her own company. And um, when she got diagnosed over 10 years ago with brain cancer, there was nothing fashionable out there for her. And she um, asked me at the time, I was her caretaker, she asked me, Alex, you know, I, I want a leopard print cane. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> of course you do. Um, but I wanted to find something beautiful for her to use. And um, we actually now carry a hand-painted canes on our site. Um, but um, I got to see through um, this experience of caretaking for my mom and her having a pink cane with roses that I ended up buying her. There was no leopard print at the time. Um, but um, I, I saw the power of fashion. And I saw that um, people would come up to her and say, oh my God, Patty, how are you? How's work? H how are you and Alex this weekend? And before she had that fashion accessory, before she had that cane, people were talking to her like she was a baby. They were even scared to come to her. 
come up to her. So fashion it, it just is so powerful. And um, my cousin Ricky, who was born unable to walk or talk, he was the coolest teenager you've ever met. He was a, a philanthropist. He was born on um, New Year's Day, and he gave away all of his presents to people in need. And he was the coolest teenager, dressed incredibly well. His mom is in the room here, and she, she dressed him impeccably well um, with, with his permission. Um, and, it, and Ricky taught me that your wheelchair was his vehicle to get to where he needed to go, but also was his fashion accessory. So um, I, I took those two... My mom and, and Ricky really impacted my life so much that I started to come across products that already existed, like Mora's incredible technology shirts. And I, I've got to, I found out that there were so many designers out there that were creating stylish and functional clothing, many with disabilities, many without disabilities, but have a, a loved one with a disability. And I started to bring those companies together, bring those designers together in a beautiful marketplace. Prior to Patty and Ricky, there was medical supply stores, disability expos, and people with disabilities making their own clothing. Patty and Ricky is a marketplace that brings them together in a beautiful way, um, where the designers, I love to have their stories on the site because they are part of Patty and Ricky's community, and we really want to help people with disabilities find these beautiful clothing that are out there. And um, I, I'm always selling, because you know, always be selling. Um, <laughs> we have um, some bags here. Um, that are actually patented to go on the wheels of the wheelchair. So when we first started, it was important to us that um, we had bags on our site that were for the individual using the wheelchair. So these actually go on the, on the wheel around, if you can visualize it. Um, they attach right on the wheel for your cell phone and your credit cards. And, your, and, um, and when I found them, um, they said to me, Alex, how did you find us? Almost like they didn't want to be found. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I'm on page 86 of Google. And um, I, I think your product is amazing. And I, and I want to sell it. And uh, so my biggest thing has been sourcing, is really to find these products. So on our site, we have a suggestion section on our website for people with and without disabilities to tell us what they've been looking for. And then we do our best to find it. So... Um, Yes. Sorry. I, I think we just found out what a chief energy officer is. I just, I just got the, I just got the definition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's great, Maura. You started really with magnets and kind of woven shirts. It was kind of the first step. Correct. Where, where do you see it going, and where are you at now? Well, I think as a whole, I think. Um, you have to understand that these populations are what we call evergreen, and I don't think people talk about that as much as, as they're going to continue to ebb and flow and increase by what I call the silver tsunami that is overtaking the land. Um, and I think that the products will just continue to evolve, and closure mechanisms is the first and most paramount function. I think for me as a design point, if you can't do something with one hand, it shouldn't really be called adaptive. Um, and so that's a, a test or a benchmark for, for me. But I think that in the next five to 10 years, we're going to continue to grow, change the landscape, and hopefully educate. The problem right now has been educating a retailers of what you know the market size is, but not only the market size, how you market them. And I see a lot of... Um, 
retailers that want to jump into the space and I applaud them wholeheartedly but sometimes I see them trying to just go for a quick splash of you know I've seen model calls where it says you know I need a model missing amputee of the left leg and to me I'd rather our industry be a little more authentic about it and try to show there's a lot of disabilities or just limited ability that doesn't have a call out of a, a missing limb or a missing arm so I think we have to continue to educate, create compassion, and continue to design. And from that, I think we'll change the marketplace forever. Yeah, you know, I think we've seen actually in, in working with you on Magnaretti that, you know, almost every retailer that the guys have, have worked with, almost every retailer has taken a position on it somewhere, but most of it online. And it's the same problem that people that were in extended sizes had years ago and that they don't know what to do with it in store. You can't buy a shirt and just put it in the woven shirt department and expect that there's any story that goes with it. But that means we did our job. That's right. Right. So, so online... <laughs> the story can be told. Correct. And eventually, like Target and like Zappos, we think people, I think, will move that way. We only have about eight minutes left, so I think what I'd like to do is open up to uh, questions from the audience. Sure. I'm still on silver tsunami. Is that... You're still on the... <laughs> are you part of the silver tsunami? Oh, no. I am kind of feeling like you are, the, the two end caps. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> uh, do we have any questions? So... Uh, based on what you're saying, like most of the adaptive wear is online. Don't you think that actually helps with accessibility? You know, I think for me personally, when my husband was faced with a challenge, it didn't because I needed to find a solution for him ASAP. And that was me going to a store trying to figure something out. I don't think that just because he had an issue that I had to now pay expedited $38 shipping just to get a shirt for him to travel to his next occasion to. So I think it's great to tell the story and I think it is hard for retailers because if we do do our job, you can't see the difference between adaptive clothing and traditional clothing. But I do think it should be multi-sourced. And if you really think about brick and mortars, some of that aging population and the silver tsunami that I'm speaking of are also their mall walkers every day. They're still going to the store. They want to touch. They want to feel. They want to see exactly how it works. And they're not savvy online. I wish they were, but they're not. Now, I do think as people change and grow and develop and they'll become more, but I do think it's difficult. Um, so having an online store, what I've decided is, is to do a pop-up shop in Manhattan. So we will be opening up a pop-up um, beginning of fall, end of summer, early fall, where people can come in and actually feel in touch. It's going to be completely accessible. With um, We're actually going to be designing fixtures with braille on the hangers and fixtures that allow for people in wheelchairs to access the clothing. It's going to be the first beautiful store for people with disabilities. And I, ho I hope you all come. Um, and we're going to be having all 40 designers. And, um, and it, um, we'll also be working... Um, Fingers crossed with Microsoft using their AI uh, app. So um, I hope that one day we could also, Patty and Ricky could be in a department store where you, you could find these products together or something similar. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Next question. Is there a next question? Deborah? W would you see Patty and Ricky as like a shop and shop within maybe a larger department store concept? You know, this idea of just how would consumers find it? And once again, to Rick's point, how do you put it inside of a larger box? Well, I think I can answer part of that. Like Macy's, uh, Macy's has their new markets. 
concept where they have 11 doors right now that have a shop and a shop. Uh, Rachel, Rachel Sheckman also started Story uh, that Macy's has adopted that concept where their markets just like this, adaptive, you know, inclusive, what have you, have a kind of a, a, a platform to start with and, and it'll grow from there. But Macy's is doing a pretty good job you know, on, on getting that shop and shop going. My question's for Maura. Um, when you first launched the collection of shirts and you said you sold out thousands of units in a couple months, do you have a sense of how people were finding you? Yeah, so if I could tell myself to redo things, it's SEO, 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 which is no different than any other retailer. Um, I was fortunate enough to be spotlighted with James Brown, Russell Wilson, and Johnny Bench. Um, on CBS Morning News, and that definitely drove traffic. And just as we are all storytellers, um, you just have to get it out. But I think for any brand that's working on themselves now, it's SEO. I'm always amazed by who buys my name to advertise under Magna Heredi, but it's fair competition. And so, you know, if you're going to compete in the e-commerce realm, you have to work on those items. Do we have time for one more? One more question. Okay. No. Oh, Janice has a question. You have a right to have a question. <laughs> so this actually is a question for Maura, because Maura and I actually had a little chat beforehand about what actually we talked about authentic voices quite a lot. And I think you've got a very strong point of view about that, don't you? I do. I probably shouldn't share it. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, we're all in this, most of us are in this adaptive realm because of a loved one or someone we watched um, went through a journey with it. And I, I find a, a kindred spirit with those designers that stay off authentic and true to who they are and who they design. And I try to take great pride in making sure that they're represented well because there are larger companies that will try to take, you know, whatever technology or whatever piece you've added to the puzzle and, and do it um, without giving you any recognition. So I think being authentic to who your brand is, representing the individuals that you served. Uh, my husband passed away about two years ago, and I always had a big crux whether I get in or, you know, stay in or get out. And um, I thought as part of leaving his legacy, I would stay in, but it's the authentic um, piece or passion that my family has been on and I'll continue to ride on it because we're helping so many other people and not that we all need to take credit for what we're doing because that's not what it's about we do want to help the greater good but but behind all those um, new products are actually families that started that that's fantastic. Uh, listen, I want to thank all three of you guys. It was very interesting, and, it, and it's great to hear real examples. This has been Fashion Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's Fashion B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, fashionisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. 
Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. This is your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.